Welcome to the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, the show that brings you lively conversations with leaders, colleagues, and friends in healthcare, pharmacy, and beyond. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. This is episode four of the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast, and thanks for listening. Now, on today's podcast, I'll be talking with Kelly Jo Welter. Kelly Jo and I are going to be discussing many things, including her experiences as the APHA ASP president that involves both service and leadership for the approximately 34,000 student pharmacist members across the United States. I'll give you a bit of an introduction to Kelly Jo and then let her also tell you about herself, her family, and her many varied adventures in life. Kelly Jo is a final year student pharmacist at Drake University, my alma mater, and looks forward to pursuing residency training after graduation. She aspires to become a pediatric ambulatory care pharmacist and is excited for APHA's upcoming annual meeting in Washington, DC. Kelly Jo is from small town Iowa and is the oldest of five children. In her spare time, she loves traveling cross country with her family in the RV, look forward to hearing about that, practicing yoga and having brunch with her friends. Kelly Jo, thanks for being here with me today. Before we get into your career experiences, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, about your family, and life in small town Iowa. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. I'm so excited and so honored to be with you. So I'm from small town Iowa. It's called Monticello, halfway between Cedar Rapids and Dubuque in eastern Iowa. So I was actually born and raised a Hawkeye. And when I visited pharmacy schools, Drake University was definitely a home for me. And it actually took until my third year of college at Drake University for my dad to finally switch out his University of Iowa Hawkeye hat for a Drake University Bulldog hat. So we'll call that a little win when you look at the grand scheme of everything that's happened for me throughout pharmacy school. But when I was growing up, um, I'm the oldest of five kids. We're all two years apart. And actually, my first introduction into the healthcare system was going with my mom and my siblings to all of our doctor's appointments. And when the Welter family came to town, it was a party. (laughs) The staff made us feel so welcomed. They really brought my mom along in our healthcare journey. And that's truly what got me interested in the space of pediatrics and healthcare. Because I think that when you look at pediatrics, there's this opportunity to bring the entire family along and really create that experience. So I believe that me growing up, being the oldest of five children, and that positive experience I had in the healthcare system with my family was one of the main reasons that I became interested in pharmacy and in this space that I'm in right now. That is so cool. And I love that with five siblings, you were kind of leader of a team early on. You know, your your family, your siblings kind of became a team and a crew that you're with. So that's really cool. Well, in your current role as APHA ASP president, You have a passion and you've talked a lot about being fearlessly authentic. And can you share with our listeners a little bit more about this one and why bringing out the strengths and strengths in others really matters so much? 
Absolutely. So as the APHA ASP national president every year, we have the privilege of introducing a national theme to student pharmacists across the country. And this is really a challenge for students to think about what leadership means, what service means, and what we want to do in our pharmacy school careers and beyond with helping our communities and advancing the profession. When I was traveling last year to different schools and colleges of pharmacy and our different mid-year regional meetings, I was so excited to get to meet student pharmacists from across the country and get to learn about their story and their experience in APHA ASP. And what I kept hearing was we would talk about quote unquote pharmacy things and then we would eventually transition to non-pharmacy things. And I kept thinking to myself, what if we were in a culture, in a space where student pharmacists were encouraged to take everything that they're excited about outside of pharmacy and figure out ways that we can apply it to our professional careers, to our pharmacy careers, to really find those spaces, find those areas of practice that we are so excited about. And so when I was coming up with this national theme, I was inspired by those conversations that I had with students. And I wanted to encourage them to bring their unique qualities, their unique characteristics to the team that only they can bring. I truly believe that a team is so much more effective when everybody brings their strengths to the, the, to the team. And then we all work together to play off everybody else's strengths. And it's not only that, bringing your own to the table, it's encouraging others to bring theirs to the table. It's celebrating those differences and those diversities. And that's one of the reasons that I think I've loved being part of APHA ASP is because there is a space for every student. There's a space for you no matter if you're interested in going into a fellowship or an industry space into a clinical space, into a community space, or even a pharmacy job that hasn't been created. So this theme of fearlessly authentic that I've encouraged people to think about throughout the year is being boldly yourself and being courageous and exploring those strengths and what makes you excited about what you want to do in the profession of pharmacy and ultimately to help the patients that we serve. Oh, Kelly Joe, I love that so much. When you shared about your theme and being boldly yourself, I reflected on when you and I first met, and it was a couple years ago at the um, APHA annual meeting in Nashville. And I remember I was attending the Iowa reception, and you were called to come on stage because you had just been elected president-elect for APHA ASP. And I remember seeing you up there and thinking, I need to get to know her that you just had this passion and excitement. It, it actually reminded me of myself a little bit when I was in pharmacy school. And I was so excited that Drake had another um, national leader because it had been many years. The last APHA ASP president from Drake was Josh Benner, who I did know early in my pharmacy career. So I just, I love that your theme is fearlessly authentic. I love that you've opened up a space at the table for others. And it's just been really cool to see how this has played out in the last year and a half, two years or so. So thank you for sharing that explanation. And I look forward to seeing, you know, where others continue to go being fearlessly authentic. You know, last year in 2019, you know that I love history and history of pharmacy, especially. 
And APHA ASP celebrated its 50th anniversary when we were in Seattle, and it was a big milestone about the impact of student pharmacists and leaders that they've had on the profession over the years. So at that meeting, you were part of many amazing sessions where we celebrated APHA ASP's history. And one of those sessions um, involved Lucinda Main. So tell me a little bit more about Lucinda Main, her influence, and that moment when you two were on stage together. Lucinda is definitely a pharmacy role model for me. I got to meet Lucinda a few summers ago when I was interning at APHA headquarters in Washington, D.C. as part of my role as the national president-elect as part of my training. And I actually reached out to Lucinda. I was a little nervous, to be honest with you, because I look up to her so much and for everything that she's done in the profession. And I asked to get lunch with her. You know, she sends back this email, well, sure, come on over. <laughs> so I take the train over and find my way to AACP. And I walked into the office and she popped her head out of her corner office and the biggest smile just radiated from her face. She made me feel so welcome and she was so excited to see me. And we went to find a place for lunch and every place that we went, we tried a Mexican place. We tried an Italian place. They all had these super long lines. So Lucinda looks at me and she said, we're getting takeout Chinese. And I said, I really like this lady. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. So we grabbed takeout Chinese and we sat at AACP and she truly just poured into me and answered every single question I had and really took the time to get to know me. So when I found out that I had the privilege of interviewing Lucinda at APHA 2019, I was so excited to get to speak with her again. And sharing that moment with her on stage meant so much to me in so many ways. It was, like you said, a celebration of 50 years of APHA ASP. And her experience as a student national leader inspires me so much to see what she's been able to do in the profession and how much she's been able to impact and really influence where we are today. And the story that I remember speaking with her about most on stage was her story of the Fab Five. And Melissa, in your inaugural episode, you had Lucinda as your guest. And for your listeners who haven't listened to that inaugural episode, Lucinda explains the story of the Fab Five. But it's really, you know, at its crux, the epitome of pharmacy as a small world and that relationships are so, so important and how these four women that she met as a student, they have all worked together throughout their entire profession, and how it's been so incredible to keep up with each other and really care for each other. And I think what that shows me is that the relationships that I'm making now, much like Lucinda did as a student, will carry through my entire career and that we can work together to advance this profession. So having her on stage and getting to celebrate 50 years of APHA ASP with her was an opportunity and an experience that I'll never, ever, ever forget. Well, I know, Kelly Joe, that it was very meaningful for Lucinda, too. And I, like you, really share an admiration and friendship with Lucinda. And I'm just so grateful that early on in my career, you know, she really spent a lot of time with me and over the years, we had many, many lunches and dinners together and talking about either projects or initiatives we were working on. And she provided some 
great guidance and just has been an outstanding example and, and friend. And I know she was so excited to spend time with you and to celebrate APHAASP. And then I think to be a great example of, you know, how you can continue to grow and be a leader out in the profession, because, you know, her career for sure is a, is a fabulous example of that. And I think what you also commented on about her friends, you know, the idea of having a squad or group of people around you that are cheering you on and that only want the best for you and that they're there for you in the good times and they're there for you in the tough times. And I know Lucinda's, the five of them, you know, that has been the case. There's four now. One has since passed away, but that's, you know, a really cool thing. So I'm so grateful that that's really cool that you were able to do that. Over the last couple of years, as you and I have spent time together, when I reflect on your strengths, I think about your curiosity, you know, that you're just very interested in learning new things and trying new things. So tell me a little bit more about your passion for learning and where this comes from. I think being the oldest of five children, I was definitely born into a space of curiosity. I'm definitely an oldest child personality, always excited to explore, always excited to go on a new adventure. Even you mentioned earlier that exploring the country with my family in an RV is one of my favorite pastimes. We've been so privileged to see so much of the country as I've been growing up. And how I've seen that translate into my pharmacy career is that I'm always looking for ways to grow and I'm always looking for ways to learn. And I'll be honest and say that running for an APHA ASP national position was never a part of my pharmacy school plan. It was really a result of having so much excitement and so much fulfillment when I got to participate in anything APHA ASP related. And it actually wasn't until two weeks before the applications were due for national office that I was at the January business meeting where our regional officers are trained because I had just been elected a regional officer. And a national member at large at the time, her name is Allison Cagle, approached me and asked if I had ever considered the position. And I said, Allison, I think you're crazy and I think you might have the wrong girl. <laughs> and she said, no, really, I want you to think about it. And I thought about it. I spoke with my dean, Dean Renee Chestnut at Drake University, who was so supportive. I spoke with Cheryl Clark, our experiential director, and a few mentors. And over those two weeks, I realized that this is the place that I wanted to spend my last two years of pharmacy school. And I'm so, so privileged to have had this experience. And even since then, um, I actually found that I was looking for more information in anatomy and physiology this past fall on rotations. And so I took an online class to learn more about anatomy and physiology during my P4 year. And if you look at my strengths finders, you'll see that learner is definitely up there. But I'm always looking for more. I'm always looking for ways to grow and ways to develop, whether it's pharmacy or not. I fully intend to someday become a yoga teacher um, just because I want to keep growing and I want to keep learning. So I think that that curiosity is something that as a student, I've definitely had a privilege to explore throughout pharmacy school with the support of so many mentors. And as a pharmacist, I know that it's a career that I'm stepping into that I'm definitely committing to lifelong learning. And that's a huge component of why this profession excites me so much too. That is really cool. And I think as you shared more about your curiosity, 
another thing that I picked up on is the courage that goes along with it. And that, you know, you're willing to kind of jump into the deep end of the pool or go down a path that maybe others haven't done or you haven't done. And I think it's also really helpful to learn that running for national officer, being a national officer, like wasn't part of your grand plan from day one. Because for students or residents or people who are, you know, ready to make a career transition, I think sometimes it can be intimidating, like, oh, I have to have it all together from the beginning. And I think what you've shared is, no, you can work through it, you can figure it out, or you can learn and grow. And if you need to pick up some new skills, you can kind of make a plan to be able to do that. So that that is helpful and really interesting. Now, you talked about learning, and I think we all know that sometimes things work really well and then sometimes not as well. So tell me a little bit more about what have you learned when things have not gone as planned? You know, one of the things that I think you are really known for as APH ASP president is your cool and calm demeanor and that, you know, your ability to speak in front of groups of people. So how do you keep your cool and your focus under stressful situations? What does that look like? What I have learned over the past two years, especially in this national role, because it's been a two-year leadership experience, is that it's okay to not be okay. And that having a group of people around you that support you and that care for you is so important. And realizing sometimes that you can't be that I can't be superwoman, that I am also human, has been a really good lesson for me to learn. I think in the profession of pharmacy, we expect perfection of ourselves because that is what is written into our law, right? Like you you can't make drug errors, you can't do this, you can't do that because you might compromise patient safety. Well, it's a different mindset that I've had to train myself to think about in a leadership role is that it all comes back to we're all learning together. We're all growing together. We're all working together to try to figure things out really for the benefit of our patients and of our profession. And I think this experience has taught me that, like I said, it's okay to not have it together all the time, but to realize that that is okay, that we're all learning and growing together. I love your quote. It's okay to not be okay. I think that is so, so powerful. I think that's like a tweetable moment for us for sure. And that, you know, in leadership and when you're trying new things, the idea of having a growth mindset, what can I learn from this? What can it teach me? Is just really, really important because it can be so hard if you feel like you have to have it all together all the time. And especially in this day and age with social media and all of that, that that can be really tough. So thank you for sharing that. That's really helpful. And I think really, really important for our listeners. Well, we're recording in 2020, and 2020 is not only a new decade, but it's also a time of transition for you. You're getting ready to graduate from Drake University College of Pharmacy and pursue residency training. So talk to me a little bit about your residency application process, the interviews, travel, and all those things that go along with that. The residency application process has actually been so fun. I've really enjoyed it. It's really fun for me to think about the future as one of my strengths is futuristic. So when I was thinking about wanting to pursue residency training, I think the question that was posed to me back in September, October is asking myself why I wanted to pursue a residency, not what residency, 
but why do I want to do this? And I think we're in this space of really seeing pharmacy evolve towards a more patient care service focus and that we're seeing rates of residency applicants go up. So I think it's important that before any student embarks on this process, this commitment really, that we think about why we want to pursue residency training. And for me, I've always been the kind of person where I pick something and I want to put all my energy into it. So I was on the dance team for four years at Drake. I was a children's hospital volunteer for five years. I wanted to really commit myself to that, learning more about pediatrics. With APHA ASP, I've been extensively involved. So when I think about the practice space I want to be in, I'm interested in being a pediatric ambulatory care pharmacist. And it sounds like a very specialized field, and that's because it is. It's definitely an area that I want to help grow pharmacy, working with pediatric patients in chronic disease state management and helping manage their medication. So I need that extra clinical training and that extra development before I can really practice as a super autonomous pharmacist. So the whole process, like I said, has been really fun. I would encourage students as they start to look at programs that the first step to be thinking about if you'd like to restrict yourself geographically or not. I think there's kind of two schools of thought when you think about residency is that don't limit yourself geographically and you go anywhere or you pick a few different spots in the country that you might be more excited about living at. So that's, I think, the first step that I, I should say the second step after I considered why residency and then I thought about geographical spacing. And then from there, it's really about doing that deep dive into the residency directory and thinking about what components are important to you. So for me, I really am interested, like I said, in pediatrics. So I wanted PGY1 programs that gave me a variety of pediatric experiences and some ambulatory care options as well to help focus in on those communication and development skills. And then I was also very interested in a teaching component too. So that's a space that I've been looking at in the residency programs that I applied to. And then from there, you know, it, it really just works itself out as far as working through the applications. Some applications have supplemental materials that they'll ask you. So I would encourage students to take one, two, three, four, a dozen looks at that residency application website to make sure that you're getting all those components of the application. And then, you know, thinking about attending mid-year is a personal decision that has a lot of components to it. So definitely give yourself some time to think about the benefits of going to that. I attended and I found it beneficial for myself. And the last component I would say um, to think about even before all the interviews and the travel is pouring so much energy into those letters of intent and really individualizing every letter, making it specific to every single program. When you think about it, no matter how many programs you might be applying to, every letter needs to be so specific and so special to that program and why you're interested in that program. Tips I have for traveling for potential residency interview applicants. Definitely pack light if you can. It makes going through airports much easier and much faster. It's 
especially if you get that little delay and you need, you might need to embark on a quick little jog to your connecting flight. But really taking time to do your homework before you visit that interview too. I got the great advice from Michael Hogue, who is the APHA president-elect, who will actually be inaugurated as APHA president at APHA 2020, to go through the actual institution's mission, vision, and values, and actually study them and make note of them on your residency interview prep sheet. And that helps you get a picture of what's going on at the program, what kind of goals and strategic plan they might have going on, and what growth you might see in the program if you were to be a resident there. And that advice is really helpful for me as I was preparing as well, including visiting that residency application website one more time, of course, practicing interview questions and looking to your university for any interview prep that you might have as well. But it, like I said, um, it was a super fun process and I really enjoyed experiencing it. Well, I think your tips just are so helpful. And a, a couple takeaways that I had from listening to you was preparation, that preparation was key, but also allowing the time needed to get that preparation done. So it sounds like you backed that process up, you know, pretty far and then applied um, kind of some fundamentals. I really like the idea of looking at the strategic goals and the mission and then your tip about travel and carrying on or packing light, that's a really good one because many of us have, you know, O'Hare is a great airport, but when you have to run from terminal G or H to K or L, that is a run. Those are really great tips. So Kelly Jo, while I have you, is there one prescription or a life lesson you'd like to share with others or comment on in the spirit of Melissa Rx scripts? I feel like this kind of sounds cliche, but I'm going to come back and say that relationships matter and that pharmacy is a small world. So many of the opportunities that I've had in my pharmacy career thus far have been because I've showed up, because I've talked to people, because I've been excited about learning about people and excited about working with others. Coming from my national theme of fearlessly authentic and encouraging students to really be themselves and bring what they have to the table. Thinking about my experience learning about Lucinda and her relationships throughout her pharmacy career, even applying for the National Executive Committee for APHA ASP, it was because I showed up and because I was excited about learning and about talking to people. I was recently at our January business meeting just a couple months ago with our newly elected regional officers, and I felt this energy in the room that I feel at every single APHA ASP meeting. And in that meeting, this specific one, I had this thought to myself of, we're all students now. Someday in just a few years, we're all going to be practicing and we're all going to be working together in these leadership roles. And I think something that students can remember and maybe even pharmacists too, is that we all get to work together to advance the profession. It's not an obligation. It's not a duty. It is truly a privilege that we all get to work together and we get to collaborate. So I hope that people can carry forward that those relationships are so important and that's really how we make a difference. That's really how we change the world and really give back to our patients. 
That is such a cool prescription. I love it. And I also want to thank you. I know when you created your theme of Fearlessly Authentic, it was really for student pharmacists. But as a practitioner out there and someone who's gotten to know you in the last couple of years and really consider you a valued colleague and friend, I just want to say thank you because I think your theme of Fearlessly Authentic, I've tried to adopt in my life too. And the podcast that we're recording today, Melissa Rx Scripts, I think is one example of you know, working with relationships and trying to put leadership messages out there and so that people can learn and see themselves or figure out, well, how can I be on that path? So, you know, I just want you to know that I think your reach has been far and wide and we'll see that for sure when we're in DC in a few weeks for the APHA 2020 meeting. But we're also seeing it in, I think, students and residents and practitioners just being a little bit more brave and authentic. And, you know, you've really encouraged people to do that. So I want to say thank you for that. And it's really been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, we we got to know each other. I think the moment for us, Melissa, was that Drake alumni dinner <laughs> where John was out of town and you invited me to come. And getting to know you and getting to spend a few hours with you definitely kicked off our relationship and our friendship. And once again, pharmacy is a small world and we're all working together. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that you mentioned that. And I think that'd be something that I would share with our listeners is that sometimes you just never know that reaching out. And, you know, when I found out that John wasn't able to attend, I'm like, I'm going to ask Kelly Joe. let me get her email address. And, you know, we ended up having such a great time and have stayed connected since then. So, you know, that would be a takeaway for our listeners to say, you know, who can you reach out to and maybe have coffee with or when you're at a future meeting, say, hey, let's get together and let's catch up. So, well, I look forward to cheering you on in a few weeks at APHA 2020. And, you know, the annual meetings when we're back in Washington that happen every 10 years, those really are so cool. And those are the best. As we wrap up, this is the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast. To everyone listening, please subscribe to our show and follow me, Melissa Muracorrigan on social media. Thanks so much for listening. And I also want to say a special thank you to Kate Cruz with Executive Podcast Solutions, who's helping us out on the podcast and doing a great job with the production. 